Hello, Emmett. Andrew, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Very good. Very good. I just need to adjust my screen here because I seem to have got some crazy stuff going on in my hair. If I push it forward, then I've got a proper Billy Booth on. There we go. That's uh, that's better. Just adjust this. Please excuse your ears, audience members, while I just move this down a little bit. There we go. We're all good. We're all good. How are you? How's, uh, how's your week been? Yeah, really, really strong. Yeah. Good, busy. Excellent. Which is, which is great. What about you? Yeah, fantastic, actually. It's, um, it feels uh, full, feels like some sort of sense of normality. I feel sorry for our kind of brothers and sisters in, in the UK that are kind of moving into an extended lockdown, yeah. um, you know, and, and it, it do find it difficult to, to fathom at some point, um, especially now because things like, uh, what do you call it, um, uh, furlough is, is, is kind of being pulled back and seems like, you know, business is... is, is progressing but real life isn't which is always a challenge right yeah um so so i hope that 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 kind of writes itself but here in the region um it seems as though kind of travels being a bit more relaxed they're starting to roll out the kind of usage more usage of um vaccinated application mm-hmm. so access to certain parts and you know even to fly to other countries there's certain restrictions on individuals uh landing in different countries so for example going into saudi now i've heard that if you've got the vaccination you're okay you can kind of quarantine for two days if you don't it's quarantine for 10 days in a government facility so you know uh the challenge i think at the moment is everyone's still trying to find their feet but yeah on your positive i'd say Mm. no for sure i think look i think you can see i mean again we're we're always looking at the roads when we're sitting that's right yeah and it's busy right i mean there's a lot going on here so no it's exciting i think there's Seems to be, I mean, I think we're getting closer and closer to that kind of light at the end of this mm, long tunnel so. where it's lasted, what, 16, 17 months Yeah, it's now? crazy, right? It's, it's utter chaos and mm. a man also has been on that. But um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. But look, there's a few more people dropping in now. So welcome to the Growth Show, everyone. Uh, for those of you who do know what it is, welcome back. For new listeners and new viewers, uh, welcome. This is our kind of weekly take on anything that really kind of finds us, uh, finds interest really. Um, and obviously we are on the last part of our deep dive today as well, Amit. The uh, the last industry, um, and we'll kind of touch in that, but it's uh, we're talking financial advisors, right? Uh, later on when we did a deep dive. But prior yeah. to that, we've, we've kind of... Um, bit of a bounce around in the news right and seeing what's what's kind of caught our eye uh this week so do you want me to kick off or do you want to kick off no go ahead go ahead Uh, so look in line with the vaccination uh kind of what we're just talking about there's a couple of things like so locally now um just down the road in Abu Dhabi um you're having to provide your your uh vaccination uh, kind of um, proof, as it were, through the application here mm-hmm. called Ahosin. Um So to gain access to malls, coffee shops, you know, hotels, etc., they've got these terminals where you scan a QR code and effectively you're allowed in if you've been vaccinated. I'm not sure what they're de- doing with visitors or tourists at the moment. Yeah. Um, but I thought what was interesting is, you know, the the incentive associated to that. So we'd heard, we spoke about this a few few weeks, or probably about a month ago, mm-hmm. um, where we heard that a few, few restaurants here were offering discounts based on if you had, you know, got your vaccine and things like that. It seems like in the States, it's, it's like pretty much on steroids. So Verizon now um, have got offers on their kit, basically. Right. So if you if you're vaccinated, things like AirPods Pros, a 10% discounts, handsets, iPads, um, they're, they're basically, you know, incentivizing you to to get vaccinated. Really? And by getting vaccinated, you get a discount right on, on some of your products, which okay. I thought was 
you know, I, I, I don't know how you feel about this. Is it, is it kind of big tech trying to jump on a bandwagon and, or is it them being a bit too involved or is it, I mean, how, how do you feel about it? I think you've got to break it down a little bit, right? So let's, let's talk about the, the fact that you've got to show people that you're vaccinated in order yeah. to get stuff. I yeah. mean, look, for me, it's fine. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, I probably had more vaccines than anyone. As currently <laughs> you do seem to be collecting them. Yeah. I have. Yeah. I've literally <laughs> had four. So, um, but anyway, top trumps in vaccines. Uh, um, there, mate. Yeah. But, but I think the, do I have an issue with, for me, no, for, but again, you've got your anti-vaxxers out there, right? Mm, mm. And, um, and there seems to be a consistent theme in terms of who, you know, what demographic of people these guys are, mm-hmm. um, which kind of, and again, these are very much for guys who are suspicious about everything. Yeah. And so the fact that if you have to kind of, you know, scan a QR code that shows you're vaccinated before you enter any kind of venue or outlet or mm. anything like that, um, they're going to be dead against that, right? Oh, this yeah. is this yeah. is now what freedom of movement of civil liberties. I mean, it's yeah, both, yeah. you know, I don't yeah. have to tell you where I'm going. Exactly, exactly. Um, you know, and I don't even know if they they well, I suppose they probably will care about, you know, if they're paying more for a set of uh, iPods. iPods or whatever it is. Well, so I don't civil liberties go out the window when I get a discount, is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, yeah, I, mean, it's, it's, I just think it's interesting. I think I, I would yeah. never have drawn a line between vaccination and discounts um, yeah. six months ago. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah, you, wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't have done it, right? It's okay. Look, we've got to get vaccined. It's kind of you know, it's uh, vaccinated. It's good for humanity, and you're protecting yourself. And, yeah. Um, you know, and I think all of those elements with it, but it's it has got to the point now where actually it's an expectation. If you're any kind of yeah. you know, if you're out there in public, um, people expect you to be vaccinated, and if you're not, I think that's causing more problems than anything else at the moment. Because exactly. Um, you know, I've I've physically seen people get annoyed at people because they're sat in the same room and haven't been vaccinated. Um, yeah, I, I think it almost. I think it goes back to that educational piece, right? Now, you know, if if, if you're familiar with the vaccination program, and and you know, we are as well. You know, growing up in the UK, obviously being British, you know, vaccinated against measles, TB. You know, I mean, you know, the list. Obviously, measles and all of these other these kind of diseases, polio that that thankfully we've almost eradicated, right? Um, so we understand and appreciate that the idea of a vaccine should be that you don't catch it. Right. It's not that, that you, you know, you catch it in a bit of a cough and, and crack on, you know, just just had a bit of those measles last week. It, it's like you're vaccinated against it. And I think there's some of the confusion. Right. Because I feel like some of the some of the some of the individuals that perhaps, you know, who who are kind of looking at it. Well, no, you know, I'm healthy. I'm OK. I, I, it doesn't matter. I can get it. Well, it's not about that. Right. It's about, you know, spreading it and all that kind of stuff. So, mm. yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I, I haven't had any kind of very serious conversations with people, but I think as time goes on, you've got to believe that that you know you're going to be the minority because essentially you're completely restricted in movement, yeah. right? Um, and rightly so, right? Because why? Why it's very selfish of you to to kind of operate like that, unless you've got a medical reason, clearly, sure. right? No one's saying that. Um, but if it's just a yeah, well, I don't want to, right? So not stance doesn't work for me. Doesn't work. For no, me. no, I get it. And look, I quite like the idea that look, if you know, to go back to that point. I like the idea that they are incentivizing people mm. to, to get mm. vaccinated because, you know, essentially that protects more people. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
you know, and sometimes people will need that. Yeah, they need push. the extra push, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny. I mean, when we talk with clients, you know, no one wants to do anything for free. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if they want, I don't know, something, something very simple like write a review or do a testimony yeah. or something like that, somebody wants something in exchange, right? Pay for play, as it were. Yeah. So it's interesting how that whole uh, kind of activity now is associated to vaccines. Well, I think, I think look, a, a lot will change for a second. They say you can't go on holiday unless you're vaccinated. Yes, suddenly, yeah, very true. Suddenly even the biggest sort of, you know, conspiracy theorists out there will be like, yeah. I might just get vaccinated. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. So unless think, you're in Texas and I you don't leave the state even. <laughs> I met people in Houston that hadn't left you. I met people in Sugarland that hadn't left Sugarland <laughs> ever. <laughs> so, yeah, I think there's, there is there's some of that... Um, yeah. Well, anything caught your eye this week? Um, there's been a couple of things. So we've we've been speaking about the um, basically what's going on with the big for big sort of tech companies, right? Mm-hmm. In the terms of you know, and I think it was only maybe even last week or week before we said it's not going to be long before big tech's kind of broken up in the in the states, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, I think and, we we're talking about Amazon, weren't we? And yeah. how they completely dominate so many parts of our life. Yeah, and I think you know just. Just in the sense that um, I'm just going to pull it up here, but but essentially, um, it's not just Amazon, right? So yeah, you know, when you look at these numbers, it's it's scary. So if you look at um, the valuation of Apple, Amazon, right. Facebook, and Google, just those four companies, mm-hmm. what's their what's their collective worth? <sighs> well, Apple was versus a touch a trillion, right? Mm-hmm. Three trillion. Three trillion. Right. So those four are worth seven trillion. Right. So you're talking wow. about a significant mm. something. I mean, it's huge, right? I mean, yeah, it's it's just kind of almost unthinkable. And so the um, the action that's being taken. So five bills have been drafted in the states. Okay. And and I've just a couple of these I think are really interesting. But the first one is um, the uh, Platform Monopolies Act. So they want to kind of almost end those kinds of monopolies. Mm. Um, and what that essentially means is, um, you know, anyone who's got a market cap of, say, over 600 billion uh, or 50 million monthly users, um, it just means that essentially they can't, they'll clamp down on things like the, the Apple Store, right? Uh, Amazon's marketplace. I mean, like basically they'll clamp down on those mm. and say, right, that needs to be kind of broken down. Mm. Um, the second one, which I thought was really interesting, and we'll see how that plays out, is um, the American Choice and Innovation Online Act. Yeah. And this is very specific to uh, certain companies, almost like picking on them and saying, Yeah, you've been targeted. You're not allowed yeah. to do that. Yeah, yeah. So the first one of these is like, for example, Google now can't place its reviews over a competitor like Yelp. Mm. Right. So if you've got another review platform, Google yeah. can't say, Well, our reviews are better or whatever. Yeah. Um, significant part of Google's revenue comes from, uh, you know, that type of information, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. And then the one that I know a lot of people are really kind of suspicious of is um, when dealing with Amazon, is the second Amazon use their data to identify a really hot selling product, it doesn't normally take them too long to potentially uh, create one, create their own version of it. Mm. You know, at a significantly cheaper yeah, price, yeah, right? Yeah. And um, and so they're going to clamp down on that as well. So right. so Amazon can't say, okay, great, you know that kind of light bulb or that clock is, yeah, yeah. you know, incredibly fast selling, mm. um, and they can't then quickly produce their own. So so this, I mean, these are very specific, right? I think it, I think it becomes quite, yeah, I mean, uh, I, quite I, interesting. I feel like in, in two two questions really. One, what's the impact of that outside of the US? 
So is this legislation that only really works in google.com, right? Um, and then two, I feel some of these, you know, how do you, how do you qualify a competitor? So how do you say that Yelp and, and not and 10 other review platforms yeah. are not, not viable or, or, or kind of in that space? Because essentially, I mean, Yelp and Foursquare and these guys that are in that pack have agreements with Google already. So it's kind of like, you know, they're already partners in 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 some sense think, in some of these platforms, yeah, right? I think, I think in some respects they are, but I, the point is, is when this is being regulated, mm. um, they'll have to show that yeah. they're not doing it. Now, if those other platforms don't have as much information, mm. um, or the quality of information perhaps isn't the same, that that's Google's argument to then make, right? Yeah. But I don't know whether I don't I don't know whether it's a case of okay we've now got to showcase someone else just because we've been told to yeah. make sure these guys will fight back. Um, you got to wonder if Google, you know, kind of saw this coming with Alphabet, right? Oh, I, I think so. Just I kind of so. like, hey, listen, you know, we're not Google, right? We're Alphabet and, yeah. and some of these are independent. Some of them are linked, you know, this isn't connected to this. This is yeah. distant from this. You know, I think they, they, they probably uh, saw this coming, right? Yeah, no, no doubt. And, and look, in, in your first question, how valid is it yeah. outside of yeah. US? Well, a few days before this came out, um, there was that agreement again last week where um, you've got major international countries that have come out to combat their sort of tax, you know. Evasion? Well, I was going to, I was, I was avoidance. trying to be. Was, avoidance yeah, is Yeah, tax word. avoidance. Evasion yeah. is a little bit harsh. And might, no, evasion might is illegal, some, yeah. but avoidance <laughs> yeah. is fine. So, um, so yeah, we don't want to kind of get, uh, yeah. get ourselves in trouble, but yeah, exactly that, right? Um, and, and I think that's that's important because mm. what that now means is that there's unity amongst some of the top yeah. revenue generating nations for these companies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so whatever gets passed in, in the US, I think will kind of get filtered down to, to these yeah. countries as well. So the point is everyone's kind of tired of, I mean, look, you've got governments who must be annoyed that Amazon make more money than they do. Right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Amazon's worth more yeah. money than... For country, small countries right? yeah, exactly. and, so, and so you kind of look at that and say yeah. you know essentially you know if you look at a tax paying you know nation mm. where like the us i mean you look at their deficits mm. right mm. and yet you know for all sense and purposes they've got 330 million employees right yeah and yet amazon still make more money than what Them. they do right? yeah, yeah. i mean essentially yeah. they're losing money right? yeah. and this is if you kind of you know just even look at it in very kind of high mm. level big mm. picture perspective that's got to be stopped, right? Yeah, and it's, it's the unfair competition thing, isn't it? Where, you know, bricks and mortar are, are bound by taxes, regulations, whereas online environment is not is not yeah. bound by the same regulatory authority. So, yeah, I, I, the, the challenge is here that, that as it, it's very difficult now, I think, to, to kind of have that global view, right? As much as COVID has kind of brought us together in some sense, it may have pushed us apart. I mean, yeah. you know, look at, um, is it El Salvador that have just, you know, uh, Bitcoin. Bitcoin, right? Yeah. As currency. Yeah. As legal tender. Whereas, you know, you've got parts of India going, no, we're not gonna we're gonna shut down crypto, you know, then you've got kind of China creating their own crypto. I mean, it's 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 just gonna kind of go like this, really, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's you know, based all, all through tech, right? Yeah, Mainly. Yeah. Difficult no, to regulate. Yeah, because sure. it moves it, the problem is, you know, any kind of regulation is usually traditionally is very slow yeah. because it has to go through process. Whereas in the tech world, things are fast, right? So as soon as you kind of you know regulate one thing, you've moved to you've yeah. moved three doors down, right? As it were. Yeah. Um, look, in that sense, it kind of brings us on to my next story, mm -hmm. um, which I think is 
is scary for some people, right? Um, and we spoke about this kind of low code, no code movement. Mm-hmm. And actually, a lot of the hacks that we share on a weekly basis at the end of the, the show um, are around that, right? Where we've kind of done, uh, you know, creation of uh, podcasts, uh, automated um, captioning, all this kind of stuff, right? And um, I thought this was quite interesting because, it, it, you know, you kind of see that movement, but now Gartner have come out with a study um, and they're saying that they, they're predicting that 80% of tech could be built outside of IT by 2024, thanks to low code. So that's only three years away. <laughs> so let's, let's look at that. So that's basically saying that IT departments, 80% of IT departments won't be involved in building out. Yeah technology or platforms for a company yeah basically yeah it's mind-blowing it's i mean yeah and we've witnessed it you know in in some of the hubspot tools that we're using to build out sites you know i think i was blown away right at the beginning of covid i kind of built out a couple of sites on wix and genuinely i was like this is phenomenal Mm -hmm. you know there's so you can build out a website in a matter of minutes shopify obviously famously get you up and running in a few we spoke about stripe the other week getting a payment gateway up and running in the end of 10 minutes um I, I think I think this is 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 kind of troublesome, really, and and, and worrying for 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 uh, I, I think you know that space, right? From from an IT perspective, if you if you're currently sitting in a role that that is heavily reliant on tech, um, you've got to be kind of looking around and saying, well, hold on a minute, you know, do I either jump on this movement, right? Um, you know, and add value and, and, and kind of really get involved and, and, and showcase my skill set in that environment? Or do I dig my heels in and, and kind of bury my face in the screen? And I, and I think you, you, you can't do that, right? I mean, the writing's on the wall, right? It's been on the wall for know, a long time. I know. I, I'm remembering, <laughs> I remembering a meeting that we may have had four years ago, right. five years ago with our web team. This is coming kind of, you know, uh, moment. And, and there was a lot of, I think, bearing my face in the screen at that point. Um, but I, don't, just, I don't think they believed us. Though. No, I don't think it was, no, no. no. Um, but um, this is difficult to ignore, right? It really is. Well, look, I think the, the thing is you look at, you look at, how, um, you look at how industries have evolved and, and IT has evolved, mm. um, but there's still a lot of IT departments out there that have, right? And a lot yes. of it comes down yeah. to leadership of teams and mm. things like that. And I think... You know, you look at how long sort of cloud infrastructure has been out there mm. and you've still got companies, especially here where we are, yeah. we've got big server rooms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And not because the government says you need to have your own servers. No. It's because they've got, they don't know anything else. That's right, right yeah. And so, and so, you know, I don't really have much sympathy towards that industry as a whole. No. Um but I mean, they, they've had so much space to evolve into is the mm. point, right? So you look at IT security, you look at data security, you look at all of those things. Mm. They could have easily, you know, again, cloud infrastructure specialists, right? Yeah. This is this is where IT's moved to. Yeah, yeah. You're still out there thinking, right, because I can Connecting wires. Can yeah. connect cables, I'm indispensable. Well, the yeah. world moves on. Yeah, try it, totally, yeah. You know? And it's, not, it's the same with so many industries, right? Mm. But, well, um, I think the thing is, look, if you look at, we speak about frictionless environments a lot. And, and a lot of the time now, when business is trying to grow, the only friction is coming from IT. Yeah. You know, and, and, and what's happening is that last kind of bastion of friction is just being removed now. Because, well, I, what? Bas- what did I say? No, you said the right word. I said bastion, right? You did. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, the. Um, I just got confused because you were talking about IT people and I'm 
normally refer to. <laughs> well, I don't swear on this uh, show. I know that you famously do nearly every other week, but I don't. Um, so, but the, so I think the thing is, it, it, it's, you know, now that, and you've got to believe that, I mean, look, it's also a lot of the smart IT individuals that are driving this no code and low code movement, sure. right? So there's there's a lot of very smart people um, that, that are making it possible for, let's say, you know, less skilled individuals to to, to obviously jump on jump on no code, low code, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, you know, and apply a, a, apply you know a thought process or a strategy, um, you know, where they can just run with it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think there have been. Um, but uh, in any case, I was just talking there. I mean, the last story before we kind of do a deep dive is um, how Google have kind of consolidated all of uh, chats, meets, docs, all of this kind of thing in inbox now. And okay. you've got to wonder if they're they're trying to to you know compete essentially, right? So we've got obviously the Teams of the world, the Zooms, um, and the Slacks. Now, bearing that in mind. In, in, and obviously, you know, we we operate in this space every day. We're we're recording on Zoom. Do you feel Zoom? is is ripe for for kind of you know acquisition or should it start developing its own other communicative tools because it's kind of sitting out on its own a bit now and i feel like skype was you know essentially a trailblazer and skype's quietly gone away while we've got teams and we've got you know google obviously google meet is 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 quite popular with a lot of people so what do you what do you think zoom zoom at the moment are okay yep you're back um i'm at that moment there we go. Perfect. Excellent. Okay. Excellent. Good stuff. So look, let's uh, let's take a, let's take a run at this uh, this deep dive, Amit. Yeah. Um, just as a real quick reminder, guys. So um, going back over a month ago now, there was a local study about how trusted certain industries were, um, and and we thought that was very interesting as far as um, you know looking at you know the reasons behind um, their trustworthiness, as it were. Yeah. Um, was is there any opportunity for change? Is there something that they could do to to change people's opinions and also Ultimately, you know, why is it what our kind of own own thought process? And we've tackled some pretty big industries, right? We've we've had real estate, we've had um, banking, uh, we've had recruitment. Uh, what was the other one? Uh, telesales. 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 Yeah. So now we're on the last one, um, and and I think you know financial advisors and the wealth managers. That's what we're managers, by the way, not managers. Wealth managers. Um, so first and foremost, I mean, personal experience in that space? Yeah, I think, look, I think personal experience has not been positive. Right. I think, I think mm-hmm. first and foremost, I think, again, I can understand why, um, where financial advisors, I can understand why they're in that top five. Uh, yeah. I think last year they're actually in first position. Right, okay. Um, so it shows that, you know, this is consistently an area where people are concerned, you know, perhaps not too happy. Yeah, yeah. How it kind of um, how it kind of performs and how it kind of portrays mm-hmm. itself, but um, yeah, I mean, it's it's I, I continuously still get phone calls mm-hmm. for years and years. I didn't, mm-hmm. um, and 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 I think we can we can be actually I, I did, but not in the same way as perhaps you would. Okay, because I think what used to happen is you know my business card might have been thrown around from maybe you know wealth manager to wealth manager or financial advisor to advisor. Yeah, um, and they'd see that. I had an Indian name and therefore I wasn't the target audience, which was ah, great. Okay. So never used to get phone calls from anyone other than 
Bear in mind, though, I have a more Indian name with you, though. Andrew Which Thomas. Is, Andrew Thomas is a very Indian name, yeah, especially certain parts of India. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. Um, yeah, John Thomas, like your, exactly. your, your famous brother. That's it, yeah. exactly. Um, that million in India, right? So, but, but yeah, I, I kind of... Um, so the phone calls I used to get were um, from Indian wealth management companies. Right, interesting. But basically saying, look, we've got this great product for NRIs. NRIs and I'm yeah. like, well, I'm not an NRI. Yes, you are. Amazing. I'm not from the uk and we're like oh and that'll be the end of it right, right okay so yeah. so it was and and you know those were maybe one every couple of months right okay mm-hmm. um but someone i think uh, with these databases and cards and things like that that get passed around someone's added maybe uk in brackets somewhere <laughs> so now i get harassed right okay. um so i get a lot of calls now okay uh, i think i've blocked most of them but mm-hmm. but, but still get a lot but what about yourself yeah it, it's um I don't think it was one of those things very early on I got interest introduced to, uh, luckily got introduced to, to a kind of financial wealth manager and, and kind of had a conversation and, and that was it and managed to, to kind of, you know, sidearm a lot of people. But it was at one point, it was pretty aggressive here. We've, we've spoken about this regionally. They, they put kind of legislation in place. Um, I, I think the thing is that, you know, what, what, what I've noticed more recently is, is there's more of a honey trap approach. Um, to to trying to get you on a conversation. So traditionally, it was the wealth manager or financial advisor to bring you directly. Um, now it seems to be, quite frankly, usually a young lady um, will either connect on LinkedIn or want to reach out and connect on LinkedIn um, or call directly, right? Mm-hmm. And then book an appointment um, to 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 see you know the the the, the that financial manager. That's what it seems to be. Um, slight change in tactics, right. I guess. Um, I haven't. I'm not getting anything at the moment, so mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I've kind of you know they've had enough of no. You they never... probably think you're Indian, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, UK is United Kerala, not uh, not United Kingdom. So, um, so yeah, I think, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's it. it uh, who knows? I mean, I think that just at the moment, um, not not being as targeted, uh, you know, and it might be because you're on an old list, right? You've been here X number of years, and, and now there's no interest. Um, but what, but, but what was interesting, and I think, you know, aside from our personal take, um, we've obviously worked now from a client perspective with various financial institutes, wealth managers, financial advisors, et cetera. I think what what surprised me was some of the tactics they used um, around cold, cold calling, right? Right. Um, You know, and and I remember a guy telling me that he used to buy the fishbowl um at a restaurant where you kind of used to throw your business card in and, okay. and you know he'd buy that fishbowl so he'd go to the hostess and say hey listen you know give you whatever 100 bucks a couple hundred bucks for all of those business cards right really um yeah is that so, what happens to those yeah yeah because i never win a no no year. exactly yeah yeah your your gift is that you get called um so you know and, and like you're talking about places in the ifc and kind of high-end places that right. uh you know get get your get your kind of card and think okay cool let them having lunch here so you know that might be the right demographic that i can yeah. go after um so so i think I, I it was interesting from that and and famously here there's a lot of networking events and sure. you know you usually get people rocking up from financial institutes or insurance companies right that was kind of every third person you met was yeah. was that as well um but i guess i i don't know how far their tactics have changed <laughs> you know you just reminded me about something which i i often kind of remember and laugh at you know because it's it was at an event here three or four years ago. Right. And I got approached by a guy and he was, you know, very smartly dressed. Uh, so my guard was kind of instantly up, right? <laughs> yeah, what are you selling? Right. So he he come up to me and he's like, hey, 
uh, I'm such and such person and from a company, a, f- a famous kind of wealth management company here. And they've got like a V and a D in their name, maybe right. not necessarily in that order. Yeah. But, um, and he said to me, he's like, look, you know, I'm, this is what I do. I'm a financial advisor. And, um, and he said, have you got a card? I was like, I do, but I'm not going to give it to you. Yeah. And he's like, look, the one thing that I um, value more than anything else is, is you know, people's privacy. Um, and I know that your card is important and I would never put that on any list or, you know, anything like that. Um, so if you give me the card, then just trust me that, you know, this will, this will kind of, you know, remain with me. And I was yeah. like, what a great guy. I think, though. Fair enough. I like, really, you know, you're different. Gave him my card. So bearing in mind, this must have been maybe seven, eight o'clock in the evening. Yeah. Next, next morning, 9.15, get a phone call. Hi, Emmett. I was like, yeah. Um, you met my colleague, this person, at that event Amazing. last night. And Amazing. he's asked me to give you a call to see if you want to set up an appointment to talk about Perfect. life insurance. <laughs> I was like, like literally just like, you know, that. And, and yeah. like, this is someone who said, trust me, yeah, you yeah. will not get a phone call yeah. um, by giving me your card. And I get a phone call less than 24 hours later. Perfect, yeah. Do I still trust him? Mm, Am I likely possibly to not. buy an insurance policy? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was literally, I was like, this is just hours, thing in the less than a day. I mean, yeah. at, least, at least give it a week. Yeah. yeah I, <laughs> I, I knew think... he was going to call me at some point. Yeah. Just not that fast. No, no. Exactly. Let me at least forget that I met you. That's the, that's the best thing. Now, I, I, I think I mentioned last week that I had uh, someone play the COVID card, which called me up, you know, and then it's always suspicious when they call you by your first name anyway. So it's so, like, hey, Andrew, how you doing? Sorry, who are you? Uh, yeah, no, look, I, I'm, I'm feeling a lot better now, you know. Uh, I'm over COVID. Oh, okay, cool. Um, yeah, we spoke a couple of months ago. No, we didn't. Um, so it's quite, yeah, again, it, it's kind of interesting to see some of those some of those tactics. So I guess the thing is at the moment, you know, it feels as though that um, th- there hasn't really been any change, right, in, in their approach, um, you know, as far as how, how they're reaching out to individuals and, and it seems still very much very cold, right? Yeah, look, I think I think genuinely... I think there's one company I think who we could probably separate from this. Yeah, um, I'm happy to name them because I've, and, and I think we'll name them a bit later when we talk about the process. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But essentially, I think what and we've got we've got a lot of experience in this industry. Right? Yeah, and I think that's that's important to point out, you know, yeah. to people listening right now. We've we've worked with uh, wealth management companies, um, and we've helped them generate leads. I think. Yeah. I think first and foremost. The difference is, and, and how we got into some of these companies, and, and, and we're talking about a couple of sort of inter- large international uh, businesses as well. So not, not kind of small, small kind of, you know, three or four man shop people. We, these are, these are yeah. significantly decent outfits, yeah. companies, right? Yeah. Where this is, um, where, where I think we had an impact is we went in and we spoke to them and said, look, how do you generate leads right now? Mm. And they said, have a look. You know, when we're in their office, we can see people hammering their phones. Um, and they said, look, those it's the role of those people out there to then uh, create meetings mm. for, you know, the people they represent. Yeah. So we're like, okay. And so what all of those inquiries are cold. Yes. Yeah. So where do you get the data from? Well, <laughs> like, funnily enough, I didn't say, yeah, but fishbowl in a restaurant down the road. <laughs> but, exactly. But now I know about that. Yeah. But essentially it was like, um, it's like, you know, we've got different data sources and, and, and blah, blah, blah. Right. Networking yeah. events and stuff like that. Yeah. And I was like, okay, fine. Yeah. So I was like, every single phone call is therefore cold. I'm like, yeah. I was like, okay. 
how successful is that? Oh, you know, it's good. Um, everyone's got targets. Um, and, it, and it very much felt like that old, you know, sweatshop. Yeah, right? yeah, the old boiler room. The yeah. boiler room. Ringing exactly, the bell. Right? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, You know, where it's like, if you make 200 phone calls, then you're going to get yeah. five meetings out of it. Of right? course, yeah. And, and it was very much kind of that mentality mm, that, mm. that you've got to be on the phone, you've got to be aggressive, yeah. you've got to, you know, you've got to do that. And, um, and, and I remember saying to, to actually it was the MD of a company, I was like, what about if people came to you, right? Rather yeah. than you going to them and trying to sell them something, what about yeah. if they actually picked up the phone or gave you their details and said, can you get somebody to call me? And he's mm. like, and he said, look, that doesn't happen in our industry. Yeah. I was like, but it should, yeah. right? Because we're all kind of geared towards thinking that way. Yeah, exactly. And we've spoken about the funnel approach. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Way, right? We, we're all geared towards, you know, researching, researching and empowering yeah. ourselves mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. of that kind of stuff. And essentially when we're ready to have a conversation with someone, we're confident enough to fill out a form yeah. or pick up the phone and say, Hey, can somebody contact me? Yeah. And so we did explain this. Um, and, and, it, and look, eventually we, we ended up getting, um, with this first company, we ended up yeah. signing a deal with That's them. Right, yeah. Uh, actually integrated HubSpot into the whole equation mm, as well mm. because we said, look, if you don't understand I mean, the data of mm. the needs, the requirements of someone, it's going to be very difficult for you to, um, you know, to, to kind of engage mm. with them. But ultimately what we're going to do, you guys carry on doing what you're doing. Yeah. What we're going to do is supplement that with basically a list of people who are actually interested in receiving a phone call. You guys figure out the impact of that. Yeah, exactly. Do you, remember, do you remember what happened? Yeah, I did. No, I mean, it was... We, I mean, closed, the close ratio was far better on the ones that we were providing to, right, from memory. And there was also one of the things that always stands out is they started getting different audiences and people they'd never spoken to right. before. So it was kind of like the wife, you know, the wives. It was like the wife wants to talk about, you know, if we were running a campaign around, uh, you know, educational uh, kind of allowance, you know, for, for your for your kids, basically, yeah. you know, it was it was the wife that would kind of reach out, and they never had them as a, a target audience demographic, whatever. Yeah. It was, you know, and and and, and it was exactly that. It was, mm. and mm. but what it was, it was all based and driven on education. Yes, right. So yeah. the whole campaign was. Um, calculators yeah yeah understand yeah. what you're going to exactly. need you yeah. Know, like yeah how do you how do you calculate how much mm. money you're going to need at retirement that's right yeah what steps do you need to uh take to make sure you get there yeah how do you safeguard your kids you know education mm. fund and mm. and make sure that you can support them while supporting yourself yeah um you know it was very much kind of how to how to yeah. um you know that type of content there was videos involved there was a whole load of stuff but yeah. it was all driven around education like nothing else no sales tactics yeah um, no scaremongering. It was very much a case of that you should protect your life because of this reason, this reason, and that reason, yeah. right? Uh, or you should start saving this much money because of of that reason. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think I think what we saw very quickly is people were much more receptive to that. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know? So, so they were engaging with the content. Mm. They were filling out forms and saying, "Please send me more information." Mm. And like you like what you said, the conversion rates were significantly higher. You remember the challenge that I remember as well that we had right with this? I don't know if you remember. So the advisors themselves, even though we sat them down and we said, listen, these people are going through a journey, they're educating themselves. As soon as they filled a form, hey, on yeah. the phone. Yeah. It was very difficult to stop them, you know, in that pattern, right? Yeah, you know? and that was it, because suddenly mm. if you look, you see a phone number and it's in a natural impulse is I've got <laughs> exactly. a phone in. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um 
Whereas, again, we would try, again, that funnel approach is, look, yeah. if people are at the top of the funnel, mm. let them sit there for a bit. Exactly. Nurture them. Yeah, yeah. Send them more information. Send them another video. Yeah. Let them feel comfortable in terms of what they're researching yeah. and how they want to kind of get to that point. Yeah. And when they get to that point, they're going to reach out to you because you're mm. the one that's been educating them. Yeah, exactly. A lot of these guys are petrified that they won't get that phone call. So, there's, there's, look, and I think it comes down to, again, educating people within the industry, right? Okay. And also the sales managers. That's right. the other thing, right? Yeah. So it's not just that financial advisor, but it's also the individual above them who may be saying, listen, you've got to have X number of meetings, you've got to have X number of yeah. calls. No, right? Because that's where that pressure is coming from as well. Yeah, absolutely. Look, the KPIs and the targets mm. are mm. potentially flawed. Yes. Again, this comes down to the fact that a lot of these guys don't earn a basic salary, right? No, that's right, yeah. Or a yeah. very small basic salary. Yeah. Their, their, their income is is driven by selling products. Yeah. And... Um, you know, and I think there's so, so there's fundamental challenges like, like all the other industries we've spoken about, mm. you know, when you're incentivized, like real estate, you've got to sell to live, right? Yeah. It, the same, the same happens here. And, and if you're not selling policies, you're not generating revenue. No. There's a problem there. Yeah. Right. And, and I think, but it does, you're right. It goes down to the point of if you don't have the luxury of time, mm. then it's very difficult for you to trust the process. Mm. Right. Mm. And I think that luxury of time can be broken into look, there's something that's going on there. I know that that lead isn't quite ready now, mm. but when they're ready, I'm going to close it by spending only a fraction of the time on it than I typically would. Yeah. 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 yeah? And, and, but that's a very kind of difficult mentality to, to kind of grasp yeah. unless you know, unless you see it play out. Mm. And unless you've got a hundred of these and, and you see how it really works, it's very difficult for people mm. to trust. And I think, and again, it's partly because of, they, they're not educated in terms of that process and they know a certain way of operating and being say successful. Yeah. You know, I think, I think what we spend a lot of our time with when we're talking to clients is, you know, what if you can make the same amount of money by spending less than half the time? Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. You know, if you less than half the effort. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What if, you know, instead of spending five hours or a prospect, you spend two hours on a prospect yeah. and actually sold the same, if not more. Yeah, exactly. But I think it's very difficult for people to get that if they if they haven't seen it in action. Themselves. Yeah, and they're under constant pressure because the the fear is probably that by the time they've you know worked through this process, they look back and think, oh well, if I you know had a hundred calls in that two week period, perhaps I would have done better than I am now, right? Yeah. So yeah, you're you're right that that education piece. How do you think the um the kind of aggregators um have have kind of moved into this space? Uh, because obviously previously you know a lot of this was that you know, approach where it was kind of like outbound, but obviously I feel like they've, you know, almost kind of snatched that piece up, right. Where people are doing their research, not only they're doing their research and they're finding some of they're finding comparative data as well. It's, I think it's the data they find because mm. I, you know, I think one of the challenges is in this industry actually isn't just for guys who are selling the policies. Mm. In fact, I mean, a lot of these guys are stand-up guys. I mean, you've got friends who are yeah. in the industry. I've got friends That's who are right, in the yeah. industry. Yeah. Great guys. Solid, yeah. Right? Professional, highly qualified. Right. But is it their fault that the people who are issuing the policies are basically uh, creating and incentivizing them to sell those policies, mm. which, which basically means that maybe the first two years of a life insurance policy mm. – that money you're paying mm. or the first year or two years of your savings plan actually isn't going into the plan. It's going mm. to pay off a guy who's just sold it to you. Yeah. 
right? I think that's also part of the challenge. And, and there's been a whole load of legislation that's clamping down on this, where mm. I think especially in the UK, where I think they've been now uh, launched or about to launch, if you buy a policy, they've got to disclose how much the agent is uh, earning out. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah? Interesting. Yeah. Which is which is a game changer because mm, now it's mm. down to the agent to perhaps say, look, my fees are going to be X, yeah. just so you're aware. Yeah. You know, you're going to put down $10,000 mm, in the first mm. two years. And by the way, I get all of that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, a yeah. very difficult conversation <laughs> to have. Right. Yeah. But this is, um, this is, this is changing. And yeah. so, so then when you move over to the aggregators, mm. um, I think, I think that potentially becomes really interesting because that also might take people more to that D2C model. Yeah. Especially if the aggregators aren't now earning a commission, maybe they're earning a fixed referral fee. Yeah. You know, a few dollars basically for generating a lead. Have a conversation over here. Yeah. Right. Um, but essentially it should really start to kind of clean up that side of the industry. Um, and and what, where that kind of leaves financial advice, I'm not sure. But, but the point is, again, let's go back to the conversation we had about IT. Hmm. They have to invite, right? They have yeah, to be yeah. different. Um, I, and look, with that in mind, and we've spoken a bit about this in some of the other industries, I mean, how relevant do you think these guys are going to be for kind of our kids? You know, are they going to be, are they going to be thinking about pensions? Are they going to be thinking about, or are they going to be putting their money in crypto? Or are they going to be firing up a little, you know, I mean, famously, obviously, side gigs, right? Gigging. I mean, you've got a lot of people that have got four or five side gigs in addition to their main role yeah. um, or kind of little, you know, business on the side. And because it's so easy, as we said, to, to kind of do that. I mean, how how relevant are they going to be, right? Yeah, really? I'd be totally surprised if they ever have a conversation with um, financial advisor, with financial advisor, right? Yeah, just, yeah. just look how it's changing. Yeah. That said, I think Shane and my youngest, so at the moment, Professional footballer is number one on our list. Okay. Number two is pediatrician. Oh, okay. Yeah. Number three is running Nexa. Right. Okay. And number four is being my financial advisor. Okay. So, so, so she, she's obviously heard the term somewhere because she came up to me. She's like, in case, you know, I'm not good enough at football. I don't ha I'm not clever enough to be a doctor. Um, and, you know, you don't let me run Nexa. Right. Can I be your financial advisor? And I was like, fine. I mean, like literally. The last two are slightly linked. But you, yeah. <laughs> but you're going to have to be well at yeah. school. So, yeah. um, so, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, look at, the thing is, is, and again, I, 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 potentially this is because of where we are. We know that there's a lot of financial advisors out here. Dubai scene is a place where people have a lot of disposable mm, income. Mm. Um, and, because you don't see as many in the UK. No. You see a lot in the States. Yes, big in the States. Like yeah. similar kind of models. Mm. Um, you mm. can't go to a networking event without at least two guys yeah. um, approaching you. And typically, they're from the same organization. Right. It's okay. so funny. I mean, like, um, you know, I went to an event in New York. Yeah. And, and the guy was like, hi, I'm from Northwestern Mutual. Mm. And I'm like, great. And he's like, we're an old company, 140 years old. And, you know, I was like, okay, look, I'm kind of from the UK and yeah. I live in Dubai. Uh, but I was like, by the way, I was like, your colleague came and spoke to me earlier. Yeah. And he's like, oh, who's that? I was like, that guy over there. It's like, oh. And I was like, do you know him? No, you've never, never seen him? No, <laughs> you guys work for the same company. And so I think that's the problem in the States. Yeah, yeah. It's so disjointed in terms of, okay, look, everyone's a, yeah. you know, everyone's essentially a kind of, you know, target contracted worker. Mm. Um, 
they're, they're just everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's kind of just a bit of a land grab. <laughs> but, yeah, interesting. Perfect. So, I mean, look, what do we what do we think then, as far as you know, ripe for opportunity? You know, in in that kind of COVID space now, we we understand people are looking for more things, and you know, what do we what do we think? Where does the opportunities lie? So, if we're thinking that you know our children are not going to be looking at this, is it a as you mentioned there, you kind of touched upon it? Is it is it a direct to consumer model? Is it where these policyholders kind of circumnavigate that that whole piece, and you have I don't know a chatbot. That, that takes you through, you know, do you agree to this? Do you agree to this? Are you aware of this risk? Are you aware of this risk? Tick, 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 tick. Um, and then is it a fully automated process? What do you think? It could be. I think, I think, the, um, I think the direct consumer piece is, is mm-hmm. totally valid in this, in this scenario. Except when you, when you look back at it, yeah. these are the guys that have basically created the industry that we don't trust, right? Yes. Because okay. the, yep. they, financial advisors can't exist without, without, you know, these large companies yep. mm-hmm. um, offering these policies, right? So so the way I'd look at it is perhaps whether it's a hybrid model, is there a role for financial advice in the future? I think so, the okay. proper way it is now. Mm-hmm. Now, I think if you had somebody who says, hey, this is a policy that I'd recommend for you. This is how much I'm going to make out of it. And this is over which term I'm going to be making that money. Okay. Right. And here's some real kind of education and here's the pitfalls and here's all of that kind of stuff. Um, and here's the annual fees. And by the way, two years down the line, um, your repayments may get doubled mm. if these investments don't work out. Yeah. Okay. Now I know what I'm getting myself into, right? Mm. Fully. So I think that key is transparency of information. Okay. Right? So if I look mm. at the last policy I bought off a financial advisor, um, who by the way, you know, was, 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 you know, in brackets, is still a friend of mine. Yeah. Um, I mean, what I did is made him quite a lot of money. Yeah. And what happened is two days, two, three years down the line, I got a letter saying, by the way, your monthly repayments of $250 has now gone to $900 as of next month hmm. because um, because there's a shortfall in, um, in you know, what we suspected the investment would be. And I was like, and, and literally, or you can change your policy. And reduce all the benefits that you signed up for. Amazing, you know. So, so, mm. and I didn't have any of that transparency. No, no, I didn't have no. any of that information to hand. Mm. You know, and you know, would obviously speak to a guy and say, "Look, do you know what's happened here? Oh, you know, this is terrible. But you should know this. You've been doing this for twenty-five mm. years, mm. right?" And so, um, you know, again, so if I know what I'm dealing with, happy to deal with yeah. it. If I'm not, then um, then I won't. And I think. You know, that's that's what's going to happen here in this industry, right? I, I feel like these guys have to evolve um, in what they have to offer. Okay. So I feel my, almost like a financial advisor has to be um, just just aware of the world that we live in now, where we can download an app and buy crypto, where we can trade currencies, where we can buy commodities. I feel like there's still a gap, right, for a genuine financial advisor. Yeah. Right. So I feel like that's where potentially this can go, where, you know, that that organization or body or whatever is is, is a group of professionals that can genuinely offer you financial advice. And and, and like I think going back to that original point from, you know, the research I've done and mm, I look into mm. this industry every now and then. Um, like I said, there's a company who seems to be doing it right. Yes. And that's AES. Yeah. So yeah, AES yeah. International. Yeah. I think it's a great example. 
really driven by education. Mm. You're on a website and it's videos and it's podcasts mm. and mm. it's real content you can download. Yeah. Um, but people in the market talk about how these guys are saying, look, make sure you set up your own, you know, stock portfolio. Yeah. Yeah. Your, you know, your crypto portfolio yeah. if you're if you kind of feel like that's important to you. Mm. Mm. Um and and the second again, if I had a if I had a financial advisor who came and said to me, look, by the way, don't spend more than this on life insurance. Yes, yeah, yeah. But do this, 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 this and this, this yeah. where you know full well yeah. they're not going to earn anything out. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to trust that person. Exactly. Yeah. And I think I think it is. So, so, so you're right. I think yeah. I think it is. They have to they mm. have to fully evolve. Yeah. Uh, I think they need to, you know, pay respect to the funnel. Yeah. Because if they don't respect the funnel and 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 I don't know consumer mindset that goes along with that. Yeah. Um, then that is always going to be disjointed, and, and like I said, they're selling a product everyone needs. Yes, this is, this is a yeah, fact, exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, this yeah. is a real fact mm, mm. that everyone in the world needs this product mm, to protect mm. their loved ones. Yeah, yeah. They've just made such a bad go of it. Where, I mean, if you look at the stats, I think it's something like only five percent of people in this country are insured. Mm, mm. Right. Um, that's because of the people mm. selling them insurance. Yeah. Honestly, I think I think a big reason for that, and the second part of that is education. But again, that comes down to yeah. You know, I, I also th- I also think back to what we spoke about. Um, we've spoken about it previously, where the value of data, where you've got organisations that you have to give them your data to work with them. So the value of that data is is not held in in high regard. I almost feel like that was sometimes an insurance, where in the past it's been you have to get it. Yeah. So so why try? I mean, if you look at the car insurance space. I'd say that what's quite interesting, um, even though just just by by way of kind of change and adapt, adapt, you know, adapting to the current environment, there's a whole host of uh, car insurance companies now based in the UK that are offering insurance based on pay per kilometer. Right. Right. You know, they've thought about it. You know, it's kind of not, listen, we know you need insurance. So how can we differentiate ourselves? So I think that's interesting as well. Yeah. No, I think it makes sense. Um, Hack it a week. Yep, you got one? Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. So look, guys, that kind of brings us to the end of of our series. We're going to be starting up a new series next week. Um, but obviously, before we say goodbye, um, I've got a couple of hacks of the week this week. Okay. Tried to do something that is for everyone and then one that's just for the iPhone uh, users out there. So I'll start with uh, the first one, which is Jitter. Uh, dot video okay j-i-t-t-e-r dot video animation platform um so very cool uh you know if you want to kind of go out there and start animating creating some animation videos um nice platform for this uh you know as always um it's it's kind of relatively cost effective um so you can kind of generate um quick one-off projects gifts video exports etc uh for like free um, and then you can charge about nine bucks a month. Um, so you can do HD, uh, you've got support on there, cancel anytime, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's pretty cool. Um, I think kind of check it out, have a look. It's, it's that game, that basic GIF animation, just want to drop something into a presentation or yep. just kind of make, you know, enlighten it a bit more, get a look. So that's uh, jitter.video. Okay. And the other one is specifically for iPhone users, a bit of a hack. So their latest iOS update, if you are a note taker, um, so I don't know if anyone out there is still kind of taking notes, um, the the new uh, the new ability on, on notes is you can take a picture of notes, select the text, and it will automatically 
you know OCR job into into text. Okay, nice. So if you're kind of still out there taking notes, yeah. you can quickly kind of um, get drag that across the data. So okay. yeah, another another update from iOS, just okay, if awesome. you're unaware of it. Good stuff. So yeah. I think Andrew will send an email out to everyone about the the next series. Yeah, so that'd be good. Kick off next week. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think also look, you know, on the back of what you said there, we're definitely going to start a uh, um, some merch. Uh, respect the funnel. So I think like I feel like I feel like a big fist with a funnel on it. I think I'm, that's what I'm thinking from a logo perspective. Mate, Netflix are selling merch now. Netflix. Netflix have got into the merch game. So oh really? So now, um, like Stranger Things, if you want a Stranger yeah. Things T-shirt, or yeah. you want you know whatever it is. They, there's a whole store on Netflix, um, ah. which is interesting because people are saying that means they're panicking because subscriber revenue is declining, or it just might mean that they say, look, we've got so many million people out there watching our programs. Yeah. If a, a fraction of them start buying T-shirts and caps and yeah. all that kind of stuff, we can make even more money. So, I, I, Interesting on the back of that, and, and I've, I used to use Evernote. Right. Um, I think, you know, we, we've been spoken about that probably in the past, a note-taking application, very similar to notes. Um, but they famously make, I think, something like 70% of their revenue from notebooks, binders, leather-bound, bound. bound really? by, yeah. So it's kind wow. of their actual revenue stream is not from the app. It's from business users like ourselves that they then promote their products to. Wow. Um, so I think that's smart. We spoke about this a couple of weeks ago about Netflix kind of expanding on what they're offering. What are going to do? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they've gone down basically the Disney route, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Selling. Well, I mean, I guess if you've got exclusive rights to, you know, Stranger Things is from Netflix. Yeah. It's a Netflix original, right? Yeah, so yeah. why not? You know, there's so many kind of shows now that originated from Netflix. Yeah. It's great. I mean, like you're instead of licensing those deals out and somebody yeah. else is making making that money. Just jump it on, uh, jump on there. Yeah. Excellent. Awesome. Good In stuff. other news, Stranger Things, the new series is coming out soon. Okay. So, yeah, that's something to look forward to. Uh, cool. All right, guys. Thank you very much again for listening, watching, etc. cetera. Um, appreciate you uh, joining us. We've got we've had some people from day one, which is phenomenal, kind of uh, just unbelievable, I admit, that uh, they can part up with us for this long. Very impressed. Um, and obviously, we get new faces every week, everywhere as well. So uh, keen, to, keen to keep it running. So good stuff. All right. Great. Have a great week. You too. See you. Bye. Bye-bye.